thank you so much. We're thankful for uh, Pastor Davis for giving us the opportunity, asking us to share about our missions trip to El Salvador uh, this summer. It was about a month ago. And uh, it was really an honor for me. I served in El Salvador. If you didn't know, I was a missionary for 19 years. Um, f 12 of those single. And we, we, I served in El Salvador for seven years, and single, and then went to India, and I was there um, for two terms, single, and then we got married, went back to India, and our girls were born there. Uh, but we had not gone to El Salvador as a family. I had not been back for 15 years, and it had always been our prayer, God, make an opportunity for us to go, and it just had not happened. We'd planned and said, we're going to go this year, and it never happened this year. Um, it happened. We prayed, and the Lord put in both of our hearts separately, and we came together, and we didn't really have the finances, but that's what missions is, a step of faith. It's not about the money. It's about obeying God, and he provides. And that's just what he did uh, through some of you and friends from Texas, friends uh, from uh, all over Florida and different places that just really got behind us, and the Lord provided for us to go. We bought our passports by faith, bought our plane tickets by faith, just trusting the Lord, and the money came in, and it was even enough that we were able to bless the missionaries and the ministry there and help a pastor that he will talk about so thank you all for investing in that through your prayers and financial support. One of the first things that we did uh, when we got there was go up to this, this thing that you see right there. He took this picture at night, my husband did. That's a prayer tower. And uh, in 1998, they started in the ministry. I went in 1995. I was just so young. Anyway, I was 22. Um, now y'all are counting in your head. But um, I was 22. I graduated from college and went to El Salvador. Um, and, and I really learned. I knew how to pray. I was born and raised in a Pentecostal church, a praying church, a missions-minded church. But man, really in El Salvador, I learned how to pray, how to intercede, and intercede for the lost. And uh, that prayer tower you see, there's 24-7 prayer. There's always, every day, there's somebody, at least one person, if not many, fasting. They're praying. They're praying for the lost. They come from all over the country, and even from different countries, to pray and intercede for children, for youth, for revival, for the lost to be saved. So um, we went up there as a family to the prayer tower, and we went up a few times. But one particular night, I was there with the girls, and uh, well, my husband was there too, was ministering to somebody and sharing with them. And we were praying, and somebody came and prayed for me, and I just fell into the presence of the Lord. It was so, so heavy in that place. And they'd been sharing about the miracles they'd seen. I've seen anointing oil on the walls there, just like oil running down walls. I've seen children up there praying and they're sitting and their hands glistening with, with oil, with anointing, it, the power of God, just the presence manifesting. And uh, so we were excited about being in the presence of the Lord and God, he's calling now. Anyway, so um, they prayed for me and, and this one, the young lady praying for me was like, the glory of the Lord is all over you and I see gold. I see gold on you. And I was like, okay, there's gold on me, gold. And they told me about gold dust and some of y'all be like, what kind of thing? But just listen. So um, I was like, yeah, I saw it a little bit. And then I went and prayed, and we were praying some more. I went and prayed with my girls. And, and um, again, we were there just in the presence of the Lord. It was so sweet and so heavy, just so beautiful. And then I looked, and my girls, they had, it's like glitter, like dust, gold, and they were glistening. I had it on my black pants. I had it on my hair. I had it. And I'm like, okay, God, that's nice. Okay. And the girls are like, why is there gold dust? And you might think, why is there gold dust? Well, only God really knows. But the answer that I felt in my spirit was, you know, Sometimes God, we're physical people. He's a spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. But there are moments when he will come meet us in the physical. He will manifest himself in the physical just to say, hey, look what I can do. Just because I love you. Just because, hey. 
And, and I felt later on, they shared a story of how it began. There was a lady who came with a team who was praying for healing, and she'd been just struggling with this illness, and she just wanted healing. And she went up, and they prayed for her, and she turned around, and there were a multitude of witnesses. She, she was glowing like she was a golden statue, they said. It was just unreal. There was, she was just gold. And she was like, I don't understand it. And they were like, we don't understand it. And the Lord put on my heart the, the part in the Bible where it talks about we are like gold, and gold is refined by fire. He says, I refine you as gold. You go through battles, you go through such and, and things. And I tell you, this year, the, this past year was a tough year for us, for my girls physically, for me, and, and just different things. And I felt the Lord saying, I'm refining you. And this is my example to you that you are my treasure, you are my gold being refined by me. And I thought that was just awesome, how God meets us and how he does. We're just seeking him. Nobody's up there saying, I want to go see gold. I want to go see anointing, uh, oil. I, they're just seeking Jesus. They're praying for nations. There's flags of nations. And many people that come out of King's Castle Ministry, they become missionaries. One missionary started the ministry there in, in the 90s, and now they're in 30-something countries around the world sending missionaries from an impoverished nation, came out of poverty, and they're going all over the world. And that's what it's about. And God just shows up. He just loves us so much. He says, you've blessed me. Now I'm blessing you. And that's what I shared with my daughters. It was a beautiful presence. You want the handheld? Praise God. I'll just keep talking for him. All right. Tag team because we so Praise the Lord. So whenever, you, you know, whenever we decided that we're going to make this trip this year, that began the faith journey. That began to step of faith because it was going to be expensive. And we were like, you know, <laughs> this is going to be costly, but we believe it that God's going to do something amazing. And it came down to like weeks before that we were able to go above and beyond the goal that we were trying to raise for this mission trip because God knew that we needed to be there, that our family needed to experience another encounter with God. Because as we experience another encounter with God, we bring that back with the spirit of God all over us and it begins to spread throughout the whole entire church. Amen. So we, as, as a Pentecostal believers, we got to come back to believing for the supernatural to happen. And it's oftentimes that I pray that the natural, that we will walk naturally in the supernatural. You know, as you heard Pastor's heart preached this morning, we want to get back to Pentecostalism, right? We want to get back to where we see in miracles, signs, and wonders. And we can see that in Latin America, and we can see that in other countries around the world. But it's about time for that to happen here. Amen? Yes, give a hand clap if you believe that, right? It's time for that to happen in the church, in the house of God, in the church of America. And so, but it comes with a hunger. It comes with stepping out in faith and believing and watch God do miracles. I think we get comfortable with our, with our just routine of stuff. And if we don't be, believe in stepping out in faith and doing the impossible, um, then, you know, the, God does the impossible through us by stepping out, right? And so that's what you need to do. We need to step out in faith. And so as we are there ministering, um, this next picture of, uh, this is a van that like 20 of us were in the back of this truck. truck. This is a pickup truck. Okay. 20 of us in the back of this thing. We were going up this really steep mountain. And I tell you what, it was like going back and forth. <laughs> had a lot of holes in that road. And since I was the guest of honor, I guess, because I'd never been to El Salvador, they had me sit in the front, thank the Lord Jesus, because I was safe. Praise the Lord, right? And so I'm sitting in the front seat, and I'm talking, you know, I speak the language, so we speak in Spanish. Yes, you know, it's not like India when I didn't speak the language, right? So I'm speaking, we're speaking Spanish, we're going up this hill, but the, we're going back and forth like this. And I say, God, if we die, we die in the mission field. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, we're doing your work. And we go up to this mountain, so high up there. 
And when we get there, the pastor is just like really blessed because nobody's been up there for years. They have a church there, there's schools up there, but there's nobody been up there for a long time. As a matter of fact, the pastor began to share his heart with me, telling me that for like a couple of years back, he was going to give it up because he lost his wife. He was going to give up on the ministry, was going to walk away from that. His wife was his strong person. She was the intercessor. She's the one that, that kind of held his hands up, and she died of sickness, and he was distraught and discouraged, and he was ready to walk away from everything. But the Lord said, no, I called you here. You're going to stay here <laughs> no matter what. And as he decided to do that, there's been powerful things that happened as a result of that. There was people doing witchcraft all around that area, but because of the church interceding, because of the prayer tower, because of the powerful work of Castle Club and King's Castle, that began to change. They begin to be, become a transformation. And as we begin to go walk through the different areas, we got to the public school, got to do ministry at a public school, got to minister to a bunch of kids in a public school, and God just do, did amazing things. He did so many great things while we were there. And um, it's just how God just showed up and did great things amongst the children, dancing and singing and rejoicing before the Lord, really, really just being used by God. And that same place, I think it was when Pastor Don got there, the first time he got there, right? When he first got there to El Salvador, that same place was doing witchcraft. They were talking about killing Don Triplett, the missionary, because they, they didn't like what he was him. doing. They wanted to kidnap him for ransom. They wanted to kidnap him for ransom. And in his flesh, he said, you know, I wanted to pray that the Lord would just destroy <laughs> that place, you know, like... They, they planted this thing against me. And so what happened was, what ended up happening, there was a, there was a so earthquake. So he prayed. He said, God just sent an earthquake to destroy their homes. And he said, no, God, forgive me. They need to know you, Jesus. Uh, well, not too long after that, there was an earthquake. And the, he was flying over with another missionary. This was several years back. And saw that the homes were destroyed. And uh, so they, obviously they didn't kidnap him. And I mean, it was just a testimony. I was like, why would he do that? But... Um, it's just that's how much God protects his kids. You know, he loves us and he uh, protects us. So that's a miracle that God did in that place. It was such a blessing for us to partner with that pastor because, um, like I said, there's a lot of witchcraft that is up in that area. And there were some hard hearts there in the young people. But we ministered to kids and they actually have a feeding program for uh, kids. And we were able to leave an offering to help them uh, reach the community that way. But, oh, so there's another story, a testimony we were ministering in the streets, we went to a place, and El Salvador is known for gangs, you might have heard, and of MS-13 that's come over from there to here, and they're evil, 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 Diasiocho or 18. Uh, so there's a lot of gangs. Even when I was there, my mom would hear news and said, oh, it's so scary there, it's so dangerous. But I never personally felt, and we were in places where they had grenades, and, and we knew afterwards that the gang members weren't trying to hurt us, but they got saved, and they got delivered. And I never, you know, I was younger, so it's like, you never feel fearful. I was a little more fearful with my girls, you know, going up that mountain in the back of a truck. I was like, Oh, anyway, but um, so there's known for gangs, but in the last year or so, the president, he's about 40, he's a young guy, and he's like, we're going to just arrest anybody who's involved in gang activity and anybody that's associated with the gang. Even if you know a gang member, if you're seen talking to a gang member, you're going to jail. So they've arrested about 60,000 people so far in a jail. There's no space. It's like standing room only, and they're just treating them like the animals that they have been. They've been killing. They've been controlling people. They have been running the country. My friends would tell me they're kidnapping eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds when 
when they come out of school and they're taking and making them be in gangs. They're taking girls and doing horrible things with young girls and making them be part of gangs. So we were in areas, and many of the programs we did there to minister, there were kids whose moms had been arrested, whose siblings had been arrested, who were left without parents because they've been taken because of gang activity. And I was able to pray with one girl, and she was only 10 years old, and she says, pray for me. My mom was arrested, my brother was arrested, and I don't know why, I don't know where they are. And later I found out that they were arrested because of gang activity. And I said to Terry, the missionary's wife, I said, why are they arresting the moms? And she said, oh, the moms are the worst ones. They make their children be a part of gangs. They're gang leaders. They make their children do this. And I was like, how horrible. So uh, pray for the young people. Pray for this situation. Many children without parents, without their siblings, what are they doing there? You know, the country's a lot safer now. We were able to go into places that you couldn't go into and minister um, because of how dangerous it was. And this girl was able to hear the gospel and be saved. We were able to minister there. And it was a place where you couldn't go before because it was so bad. Uh, But on the other side, there are children who are suffering because they're losing their families and they don't know what's going to happen to them. They, they're thinking, what are we going to kill them all? Or what are we going to do with all these gang members? We, we don't have the capacity in our prisons to keep them, but they're going to keep arresting them. So I don't know what they're going to do with them. But So, you know, you hear about great things, how God does amazing things, right? But then comes the test, the ultimate test. <laughs> we out there ministering in one of these communities and Amelia started getting sick to her stomach. She was having a lot of pain, and she was supposed to be one of the ones that were supposed to be in the drama dancing. Um, there's that picture right there. She's supposed to be one of the ones dancing in, in the skit, and she's not feeling well. Like, yeah, her stomach is, anyway. is really, she's really bad. Show. And we're, like, wondering, uh-oh, she got to use the restroom. We're walking all over the place. There's not going to be a place for her to go. And, and, and just she's embarrassed now, right? And we're trying to find where she can go to use the restroom and... You just, you're on a mission field, right? What, 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 what happens? What, what do you go? So, so he was asking, well, you want to share that story? And I said, yes, because a lot of times we were worried about our kids. You know, as a single woman, I had, you know, the Bible says you don't have to worry about your, your family, your kids, you know, when you're single, serve the Lord. So I didn't have to worry about that. But as a mom now going there, I was like, okay, my child, she's not feeling well today. She wasn't sick, sick. You know, she didn't have COVID. It was just some thing that happens when you go to another country. Um, so she was ill, but we were out there ministering anyway, and she's being brave and tough, but then she had to go, and I'm like, God, I know these bathrooms around here are horrible. You know, they don't have, sometimes it's just a cement thing, and just, or there's no lids, and they're not clean, and we were at the church, and it wasn't a decent one, and, and she didn't, you know, anyway, so we're, I know it's TMI, you're gonna think, but it, I have a point. We were out there about to minister in this place, and and uh, she said, I just, I, I have to go. And I said, Lord, please give my child a clean bathroom, please, because this is important for her, you know? And um, so, and I know how it is, because I've had to, it's not good. So I prayed, and we parked the bus right in front of a house where they went and asked, and the Salvadoran people are so gracious, and we didn't know them, but they said, oh, come on in, and we go back, and it's an outhouse, of course, and I see a curtain, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't know how this is going to go, you know. But we opened the curtain, and it was the cleanest, whitest toilet with a seat on it that I had seen there the whole time. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, you know. And I told her, I said, see how God is watching out for you in something like this? Because can, that can be a big deal, right? And see how God is watching out for you? And they even had toilet paper. So, I mean, that was a good thing. And I'm just sharing it, not to do TMI or be a little off, whatever. But God cares, 
we take that step of faith, he's not going to put us in a position that we can't handle. And I just thanked him for that moment because I felt like it was a big miracle <laughs> that there was something decent in the place we were at. And then there she was right afterwards. She didn't sit down. She didn't say, I want to go sit on the bus. But there she was um, out there ministering and doing the program. So God is good. Praise the Lord. Train up the way, a child in the way they should go, right? And they won't depart from it, right? So that's the true test on the mission field is can you use the restroom wherever? And um, thank God that, that God provided that for her. Um, I don't know why we talked about it. that, but praise God. So then uh, we had our other daughter, if you go back to the one with charisma on it, um, we had charisma step up and La do mayasita. become a clown, the clown. one after that, yeah. She um, was asked to be a clown. And for a long time, Marie did clowning in El Salvador. And, but the girls had no clue. We did a program one time at one of the churches we were at. In Rhode Island. They had no clue that that was their mom, the clown. They had no clue. And so for all these years, we kept it a secret. Like, you know, we talk, her name was Rainbow the Clown, not, you know, the rainbow represents what? It represents God's promise, right? And so her name is Rainbow the Clown. And we're like, man, I wonder who Rainbow the Clown is. And they had no clue. We're like, oh, man, where is she? And so when we get back to El Salvador, we're going to find Rainbow the Clown because she retired there. And we're going to find her there. They had no clue. And then finally, when we get to El Salvador, we break the news to them and say, by the way, mommy's rainbow the clown <laughs> and like and i think they started right they started kind of patting us and like well, how can you keep that secret from us right yeah. but i think it encouraged charisma to be a clown for the program she's a clown anyway she I'm just sure. stepped up and she said you know what i'm gonna be a clown nobody too. else wanted to do it well there was one boy on the other side and what was the name that you had charisma that you did lollipop lollipop Valetita. how do you say it in spanish <laughs> so she became Lollipop the Clown, and you know, charisma has a lot of charisma. And she, so she stepped out of her shell and really was enjoying herself, doing all kinds of things on the spot. Like, I think sometimes we get so focused on everything has to be like perfect when we have kids do stuff, right? But in that situation, it was about ministering to the kids that were there. And she stepped right in there like her mother, um, who is a clown. You know, like her mother, she stepped in there and did great as a clown in the program. So we are very proud of our girls, both one for finding a good bathroom and two for another one for being a clown. No, for ministering even though she was sick. They're just too shy to get up and share. But um, uh, it was wonderful for me to see them there. They've always done ministry with us, you know, from the time they were little, but seeing them there was really special for me. Uh, so this program, that's a young girl. It was our very last program, and uh, people were tired, and there was talk that we're not going to do another program, and we did a school before that, and we ministered, and we huddled up in groups with the kids and talked to them, and they could share testimonies or stories and, and needs of prayer, and we were able to pray with them. And I, I put my eye on this young girl. She's, she's in fifth grade, but she's 12, so sometimes they get set behind. And I found out that um, she used to go to church or went sometimes with her grandparents, but is, you know, she lives with her mother who, you know, her dad died and she had a stepdad and he left them about a year ago. And now mom's living with this other man and she has a sister who doesn't go to church. And, but I was able to pray with her and minister to her. And I thought, and I introduced her to the people from the church there. We minister with churches so that they can follow up. And she eagerly invited me to her house, wanted me to tell her mom about the church. And they met the ladies from the church and so they could follow up with her. And I thought, what if we decided 
we were too tired? What if we decided we weren't going to do another program? And we didn't push ourselves and say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's about souls. And all those other children were prayed for. And many came to know Jesus because we said, okay, we're going to do one more, Lord. And it was such a blessing to spend that time praying with her. She was really receptive. And I thought, what if we, what if we didn't? You know, what if we didn't? So it was a blessing to have done that. And I want to share, um, for me, it was going home. I hadn't been to El Salvador in 15 years. I thought, well, I don't know um, what it's going to be like. These are friends of mine. I lived with um, a family of the, the young man on, the, on our right. I lived with his family. They were presbyters, pastors, and all ministers' kids. And they took me into their home. Uh, they taught me really good Spanish, the Spanish I know I learned in El Salvador. And um, the other one, the young lady I did Castle Club with, I did ministry with her. We were like really close friends and discipling children, developing discipleship program. And the other guys, they're all, they're two PKs, they're pastor's kids. And we did radio together. Um, and just, just amazing to go back and, and feel still that love and that love of family, even though it'd been so long, you know, um, because God did so much there. And the greatest thing was going back and, you know, people remembered Rainbow because we did a radio program. I was on radio. Um, and I also helped to develop a program called Castle Club, which is discipleship for children. And it equally is in many countries in the world. And they very graciously call me the founder, but I feel like I didn't do much. I just, I helped write it, I edited it, and I poured a lot of my time into it. And there were times when I felt like I was sitting behind a desk when I wanted to be more with the people because, you know, I wanted to get these books into people's hands because what good is it if we kept it in our small group? Because we started the discipleship with just a group of kids we were reaching, but we needed to get it out to our evangelism teams who were going to schools and parks and the churches that were going to do the evangelism so they could bring kids in and disciple them because a lot of them, they don't have children's church. They had a castle team that would go out and reach kids, but they really didn't feel like kids were that important, and they weren't bringing them in. So God put on my heart when I was 22, ministering and doing evangelism, to do castle club, and a, well, a discipleship. And then Don, the missionary, said, Murray, if you want to do that, then help me develop castle club. And together we began to develop it. Um, and it's amazing. This is 28 years later almost, and I go back after 15 years, very kind of disconnected from that ministry. We did a little bit here in the U.S., but it's different. Um, and to go back and to have people coming up to me, I had this kid, <laughs> he's like 30 years old now. Anyway, you know, and he's like, oh, I remember you came to my community, and he talked to me about his brother and sister. They're still serving the Lord, and he's like this tall now, and he was like seven years old, and he's serving the Lord, and he's in the ministry now. And, you know, even when I was in India, I had kids, I call them kids, they would come over to India, and they said, I used to listen to you on the radio when I was a little girl, and I'm like, oh, gosh, thank you. Call me grandma. But it, it, in the same way, it's just so rewarding because you feel like you're doing something so small. You know, you feel like even if it's children's ministry or maybe women's ministry or Royal Rangers or whatever, you might feel like, what am I really doing? And you may never see the entire fruit of what you do for the Lord. But I tell you, if you're planting seeds, the Bible says, and he gave me the scripture when I was, you know, in my 20s there and, and ministering and sometimes thinking, what am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Is this going to be worth it? Are they really going to use this discipleship? Because at that time, a lot of people were not knocking on our door wanting to disciple kids. 
<laughs> so the Lord gave this scripture to myself and to uh, Senya over there on the left. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. And there were many times I cried and I wondered and I thought, I'm too young. I'm not doing that much. I'm not Don Triplett. I'm not that anointed or whatever as all kinds of other people might be. But then I go back and I see the fruit that has just blossomed and how many people God is using. And I think I was a part, I was a part of that. I was a small part of something so big. And, and that's what we must remember. We are part of something bigger. It's not about me, not about my name, my title, who I'm going to be or my book I'm going to write, but it's about the kingdom. And as long as we keep ourselves kingdom minded and, and, and about the lost and work together, wow, God is going to blow it up for his sake, for the sake of the law. So it, it's about leaving a legacy for the kingdom. And I was, I was just blessed to go back there and be a part of it again and see the fruit of that time. So, Yeah, we had to put a lasso around the neck to bring him back with us because he was, I thought she was, was going to stay there. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to go get ready to baptize. But what a great time she had, just the ministry there. And um, we've been married now for 13 years. And we talked about for so long, we're going to go take a family trip there because we want to see what the Lord has done and the time that you were there and what a blessing it was to go as a family and every single one of us to be there and impact people's lives and more importantly how they blessed us they, they great things have happened and great things um we, we continue to think about what god's doing there but what he's doing here as well what he's doing here in our country and just expecting god to move in a miraculous way i'm going to end with this story it's a phenomenal story uh, there's a thing that a lot of Pentecostals, Charismatics do, they call it treasure hunts, right? You pray and pray for months, or you pray for however long it takes, and God gives you specific details of a person, all right, of what's going on in their body, like all kinds of stuff that's happened specifically. And so this lady here, Amanda, who is the, one of the missionaries there that works with Don Triplett, she said to me one time when we were in the program, she looked at me and she goes, Raphael, do you happen to have pain on your right elbow? And I said, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I said, this pain is so bad that when I go and pray, I put my elbow down on the chair and I got to jump up because it hurts so bad. And every time I do that, it's like really bad. And she goes, what? She looks around. She's like, really? She goes, what about, do you have red shoes? And I love, I'm the kind of person that I, I got to match every detail from head to toe, like kind of matching. And so, yes, I do got red shoes. I don't have it with me now and because those are my good shoes. I didn't want to wear that and get them dirty, right? I, I didn't want to bring them there. I said, I do have a pair of red shoes. And she goes, okay, so do you wear a blue and white striped shirt? I said, I got a couple of blue and white striped shirts. Yes, that's, you know, very specific. The letter M, what's the letter M stand for? Do we know? Marie, right? And so the letter M, for her, and then she said, the pain on my right elbow. And I said, all that is accurate. God gave her this vision in June. Oh, no, March. We get there in July. And, she, and the Lord said, that's the Raphael you need to pray for. She lays her hand on me, pray for me, and I haven't had pain in my elbow since then. <laughs> Praise the Lord, right? God is good. He cares about every single detail of our life. The Bible says that he knows the numbers of hairs on our head, right? So he cares about the details of our life specifically to say, that's the person, that's the Raphael that I told you about in March that's going to come to El Salvador, and every one of these things is going to identify who he is, and you're going to pray for him, and God's going to do a miracle in his body.
just God cares about us. 